dry January has come to an end, but I'm still going to be drinking a lot of Athletic Light. Athletic makes just the best non-alcoholic beers around. And you can keep dry January going by using the code ATHLETICGIFT20. That's ATHLETICGIFT20. When you go to athleticbrewing.com to get 20% off your next order. It's great to have non-alcoholic beverages around. I think more and more there are people that choose not to drink. And I think having a non-alcoholic beverage other than, say, a, a soda or sparkling water is a good reason to do it. I'm, I'm really proud to be working with these guys. I think the founder is, the, the whole team there is just best in class. And I'm so excited to see them in almost every supermarket. And they're doing well. And if you haven't tried it, you should. And they make a whole slew of amazing products. So check out Athletic Brewing. We'll get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Yola Tango. As always, join with Chris Yang. If you haven't checked out Chrissy and Dave Dine Out, you definitely should. It is streaming on Hulu, but it airs every Wednesday. The next episode airs on Freeform the following day, which is a Thursday, folks. <laughs> it streams on Hulu. Yes. Hey. Got, got those days of the week down. Listen. As crazy as it sounds, when I was in Abu Dhabi, they just changed the weekend like two years ago. Just like to work. Saturdays and Sundays. The weekends were Sundays and Mondays, and then they changed it to like Thursday, Friday. So it's not that crazy what I was just talking about. Uh, so in, in like January, they edict like new laws for the year, and they literally just changed the weekend. So... I'm just saying, sometimes in a world, Thursday may not come after Wednesday. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You may have to fact check me on everything I just said, but it's probably based on a true story that was based on a true story. Dave, it was actually uh, Friday to Saturday was changed to Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> That's so it. it's actually became normal again. And oh, it's back to normal again. They yeah. switched it back. So I'm just telling you, I'm not making this up. It is real. So don't look at me like I'm, I'm crazy. It happened. I'm reading about this. this. is wild. Right? Were you guys surprised that I know this? <laughs> I am too. I am too. Anyway, Chrissy and Dave dine out. This week's episode, we are joined with handsome man, Simulu. Oh, my God. The only downside to Simu is not Korean. <laughs> Listen, if I have to knock Simu on one thing, he's not, he's not Hangusara. Right? What, what, why, you know? Because <laughs> he played one on TV at uh, for Kim's Convenience, right? So, but I mean, like, uh, you know, you I just as a person, not, regardless of his cinematic personalities, I'm just saying as a person, he, you know, I would like him more if he was just Korean. <laughs> I'm just watching Chris Chris's reaction right now, and I'm feeling all kinds of bad. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I think he's a pretty good guy. We can trade him. We can do a racial draft. We can trade. Who are you going to trade? Will I want to draft Simu Lu? You can't. No, 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 no. You can't have Simu. What what Chinese person are you going to trade? You know what? I'll take some kind of a music. I'll take I'll take any K-pop star because we're like really lacking in the popular music. I'm going to trade you Psy. Ooh. Oh, I don't Drop think you want Psy. I think I want Psy. I think I need Psy, Picks, and Cash for Simu. <laughs> future considerations. <laughs> yeah, like I don't you think. You got it. That's not a straight You swap. get Psy. Future draft picks and his background dance. That is not a straight swap. Let's be real here. And we Regina Hall. Regina Hall, who is lovely. Yeah. And what I loved is I got a free meal at Providence. Oh, man. Michael Chiramusti is arguably one of the best chefs America's ever produced. And Michelin Guy keeps on fucking it up. A year after year, they wouldn't know if three Michelin stars <laughs> sat on their face. <laughs> Sat on their face, the phrase fell on their head, maybe. Sat on their face. Okay. Yeah. I you know, I mean, it's both visually alarming. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best restaurants out there. It's definitely the best restaurant in Los Angeles. And we had a fabulous meal. And I was really excited that Joel Kim Booster got to have his first Michelin star experience, even though it's really a three-star meal. He had a first two Michelin star restaurant experience. And man, like really outstanding, and, and, and the patience of their max. He create he cooked some bananas stuff for us uh, at our launch party the other day. Anyway, Dinner Time Live with David Chang also airs tomorrow. Episode. Welcome to time travel, my friend. God, this is difficult. Time right? travel hard. Time travel. How do you hard. explain to anybody? 
Hey, can I ask a quick digressive question here? You're you're talking about moving the weekend days around. Yeah. When you were working at restaurants, I assume like your weekend was Monday, Tuesday, generally speaking, the restaurant. Well, I've told this story before. The first time I got my schedule at a good restaurant, I didn't know any better. And they got, I was like, it was like it was like looking to get your like report card and they posted on the your your scores and they post the schedule and I was like and I was like, yes, I got Saturday, Sunday. And like the lead line cook is like, you dumbass, it means you suck. <laughs> it's like you're a practice squad only. Yeah. But is it do you miss having weekends be Monday, Tuesday? Are there benefits to it took me so long. I I, I could not fathom why anybody would want any other day. Other than Saturday, Sunday. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, like, I couldn't. You, you just can't, as a civilian, understand why a Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, Friday would be good. The best days to have off. And this is how you know if you're really important in a kitchen, if you have Sunday, Monday off. Mm-hmm. This doesn't count on the restaurants that do six-day work weeks. Really, seven days. <laughs> <laughs> that shift pay is now not happening, but a long time ago, used to work and uh thankfully we're mostly out of five day work week across the board and if you did get sunday monday that was a sign that you are an important person in the kitchen mm-hmm. and there are some people that wanted it any other uh, other days but the reason why sunday monday was so so ideal it gives you a weekend to talk to other civilian friends you can still see your civilian friends you can still eat at restaurants and then monday's the day to do shit oh man and there's nothing greater than doing shit when everyone else is at work. Yeah. But New York, you bump into a lot of people. You are like, there's a lot of unemployed people, or independently <laughs> wealthy people here, because why is, a, like, where, what are, what are these people doing? You can't all be cooks, you know? Which is why I used to say going out on a Monday, Tuesday were the real nights to go out. Yeah. Because if you went out on sun- Sunday, Monday, Tuesday were for champions. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady working out first thing in the morning, leaving the last, like Kobe Bryant. The equivalent to going out to New York was, are you out at five in the morning on a Sunday? That is now Monday. Right, right, right. That, that, now you're not just going out because everybody else is going out. Black Mamba style, but going out. <laughs> now you're just going out because you have to. But that was a sign that mm. you're meeting someone that is two things. If you're out four in the morning, five in the morning in New York City, I don't know what it is like now, but back in the day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday was a real strong showing. <laughs> if you're out at four in the morning. What kind of crowd is that? You're out at four in the morning. Four of the, by the way, four o'clock Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, it was Wednesday morning. Let me just make this abundantly clear. If you're in a place, sometimes it could be an apartment. Sometimes it could be a warehouse in the middle of fucking nowhere. It could be at a, all kinds of places. And you're out with a bunch of people and it's cool and it's happening. And people are drinking and they're having a good time, and you look around, there's only a specific kind of person that's out. Mm-hmm. And usually, they're one, trust fund kids. <laughs> yeah, yep, right? Yep. You're like, what do you do? And like, well, that's a difficult question to answer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, nobody, you know, but in New York, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where they're, you know, there's just a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Most are not that interesting, but some are very interesting. Some live a life of leisure that is to be des- like just envious, right? Or at least marvel that. Marvel. Then the other group in New York is they are in the creative arts to some degree. <laughs> and they have no plan to wake up until 7 p.m. that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the Wednesday 4 a.m. crowd. And then the next one, next group of people are people that are from out of town that are there because they okay. are doing something excellent. You don't get sent to New York mm-hmm. for work unless you're doing something awesome mm-hmm. and you're willing to like go out, out. Yeah. And you would find, I swear to God, sometimes you'd find the most random fucking people, like a table of Nobel Prize winning physicists and shit like <laughs> uh-huh. that. You're like, what? Yeah. Work trip. What? Yeah. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. And that's what made New York so amazing, especially on a Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because only the amateurs would go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's what that's for everybody. Everybody's going out. But to your point, Kobe's like, everybody works out at four o'clock. I'm gonna work out at But for the o'clock. true lunatics, there's a the real they 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 screw up the mean. <laughs> there's a select few mm. that do have daytime jobs. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're like, wow. Who are just like who are going from 4 a.m. warehouse to work. 
Yeah. They're like straight to work. It's like, I got to go to work. I'm like, wow. I'll see you guys in eight hours. You, you, I was like, <laughs> if I was your boss and you're able to hold down a meeting and get be, be proficient in your work or work at Goldman Sachs or some bullshit like that, like that's management material, man. Mm-hmm. 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 That's leadership. Yeah. You're, you've got it They all. can drink under pressure. <laughs> they might experiment on recreational drugs. God, those people. They're special. They're special. <laughs> and they can pull it off. I'm just saying that I, I probably made like less than five people in my life that are like that. But so you never get to see this unless you have the magic of a Monday, Tuesday off. Correct. You got to be out so, to see this kind of stuff. Sunday, Monday is the ideal one. But when you can do stuff like watching a movie at uh, 1 p.m. on a Tuesday, it's just glorious. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so nice. It's to be the only person in a movie theater. I know. Oh. You're just like, why are you guys even showing this movie right now? It's just for to me. To be able to then finish that and to be like, I could do a double header. I will do a double header. <laughs> what do I have to do? What do I have to do? <laughs> Is one of the best things in life. Oh, man. And to not see anybody, to go on the subway and it's empty and it's just you and a homeless person in the subway. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Everything that's busy is not busy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's New York City when it's empty is glorious, except for the past three and a half years. That was not, <laughs> glorious. That was not the best. Anyway, sorry for that digression. Sorry, sorry. Big digression. Big, big, big digression. I'm just stoked that we got Simu Lu. We traded you trash, dude. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to turn this. I mean, we picks. traded you fucking side. <laughs> Post Sai Cash, and I'm banking on these draft picks well, for the future. You know, we were just trying to. You got swindled. Listen, yes, Cannon's giving the listen. Ringer draft guide is basically giving you one of the worst grades ever. Now, listen, Simu's contract was getting expensive. We just we're in a rebuilding time. Honestly, Koreans are getting Simu at his peak. Let's be let's be let's let's be honest here. Chinese, did you see him in Barbie? Chinese. Did you see him in Barbie? I, I did see him in Barbie. I'm just saying the reality is right now, the Chinese team, the Chinese American pop cultural team is in a rebuilding phase. We haven't had our Jet Lees or our Jackie Chans making any cultural impact. So we're rebuilding right now. Simu's our star. I'm, well, he's not, yeah, he's now a Korean. I'm, that's fine. I'm just saying we're rebuilding right, right now. Now you got a, uh, <laughs> you got a Cy. Yeah, Cy's contract has not got a lot of dead money. You just, just signed <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> Congratulations. We think, si, we think Sai si can take us to the to the to the Super Bowl. All right. Anyway, we digressed enough. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Great ice tea takes you somewhere else, like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit, where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing, you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to, though. But take your time. Try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea. Visit amazon.com slash pure leaf and enter 20 pure leaf. That's 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf Blackberry iced tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We got three things and ask Dave and make their menu. But uh, it's been quite stressful. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This TV show, first of all, we just finished the press for Hulu. Mm-hmm. But we still have to continue doing it because it's released every Wednesday. Yes. I don't know how many more shows we're going to have on this Netflix thing, right? Sure. We're running out of oxygen down there in, in the mine. It is. We're getting pretty deep in there. We are just, we are getting pretty deep. Oh, man. We're really deep. And uh, the oxygen levels are getting low. And if we run out and they choose not to replenish us with oxygen, then we had a good run. Yeah. And we're just at the bottom of this mine, a couple of canaries. It it is such a hard show to make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's no, I, I mean, did the second one feel easier to you in some way? No. Yeah. Me either. Not at all. Not at all. This whole thing, there's so many things we're changing. Right. And I think we probably should save another episode to talk into the, the ideas and thoughts and uh, do a, uh, you know, pre-open diaries of it all. But everything's on the table. Everything's on the chopping block. And definitely has a pulse. It's exhausting to do. Um, I'm grateful 
Chris is working very hard. It's exhausting, but it's exhilarating. It is ex- like we talked about this a little bit on the on the pre-opening about this, but like, man, we are right in the thick of something here. So I'm so tired every day, though. I'm so tired every day. It'll get easier. It'll get easier, especially if we run out of oxygen. <laughs> the sweet release. Yeah. Just take me now. Lord, take me now. The reason I bring this up is there's a three things. We're not doing a pre-three things. I think mm. we've talked enough pre-mumbo-jumbo. Three things that release stress for Dave. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at relieving stress. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know that things are stressful, and Chris has seen this, when my back gives out. Mm-hmm. On Thursday Night Football, when we're in New Orleans, my back literally gave out like an hour before going on air because the magnitude and gravity of the situation hit me subconsciously, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't walk. My back is in all kinds of pain. I have not. I got a massage this week. I got fascia where they just beat the shit out of you mm. with an iron rod. And I cried. Oh, my God. So hard. My muscles in my back are just a mess. I have a really fucked up back to begin with. But right now, it's like a mess. I know, unequivocally, it's because of the stress of everything. Yeah. I mean, you have you are the, you are more than anybody I've ever seen have, like, physical manifestations of your stress. Yeah. Where there's, like, no other explanation. So I'm, I got shingles at 28 because yeah. of it. It's crazy. So when I was younger, I would drink half a bottle of bourbon. Mm. Easy. In a night. And maybe like 24 beers. <laughs> that <laughs> was know? one stress relief. That was one form. It worked. Let me tell you, it works. <laughs> Highly effective. Very effective. <laughs> but you're paying yeah, yeah, it's price. You're, you're, you're mortgaging against future. Uh, and, uh, you know, early on, I remember Andrew Carmelini buying me a package of that was so crazy. Like, I was so scared of him because he was my old Jeff that, like, that's when I knew it, whatever I was living must have been so obvious to everybody that was under stress because he got me yoga classes. Oh, just like on and out because he was like, you need this. You need a stress, a de-stress. Wow. And that actually was extre- extremely beneficial. So I've been doing Pilates and mixture of it to help strengthen my back. But I've been doing that. I would say working out to some degree is, but it's hard for me to work out when my back's a mess. So it's always a catch what I do. So I would say exercise is probably the best thing, but it's hard to do when you're physically breaking. And as much as I should meditation, but I hate talking about that, but you know, it's something that I did a lot of homework on and studying all the way in college. Right. But I have a hard time doing it because I'm too competitive with myself. Hmm. You know, it's gotta be perfect. Or I'm not going to do it. And I hate, I hate what it's come to represent. I hate, I lump meditation with uh, Patagonia sweater vests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. With tech bros and all of it. I hate it. You mean TM? Fuck you, Buddha. <laughs> not meditation, TM. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I hate it. But like, I should do that. So for me, the best stress relief is fucking work harder, dude. Okay. I was, I was going to say, can I, can I, I mean, can I be honest? Work I don't, harder. No, 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 no. That's I, literally, you know, that's what I do. I know that, and I was gonna say, I was gonna say the same thing. This has been like an incredibly stressful time for us. And if I'm being honest, the only time I don't feel stress is when I'm at, when I'm at work working on the thing, because that's it's, it's all the time away when you're worried about what might happen, dude. Unless you're in it, you're stressed. That's like that's the only stress relief is to be in it. The, the work pain, the pain, the work. That's the only time. Because you feel, it's not It's not just, this isn't some like tiger parent bullshit. I think that I feel like I'm chipping away at the things that are stressing me out when I'm at work. When I'm there, even if it's just like, I've got to do the dishes right now. It's just, yeah. that's the only way to get out. I mean, I got to be honest, it's hard with all the other responsibilities, right? This podcast, <laughs> right? All the stuff that's going on with Momofuku, like we have a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. It would be exhausting if we were just doing it. And it's like, it's the smallest violinist playing. Guess what? Yeah, well, we deserve it. <laughs> get a big violin out here. What about, what about, okay, so outside of though, you used to have three acute things that would, I would get you. a haircut. Yeah. And I would fall asleep in a haircut. Mm-hmm. I would get a massage and I would fall asleep straight out. And Peter Serpico, the great, great Peter Serpico, used to get a lot of us onto pedicures and he'd be like, brand new feet. <laughs> And if you're looking for some kind of great consulting chef, you should check out Peter Serpico, who is uh, offering his expertise. But Serpico loved getting pedicures. And I never got one. And Serp was like, come on. And I was like, shit, this is amazing. It's good, huh? It's And I would be straight out. 
I, I fall asleep you immediately. Fall asleep in the chair yeah, yeah. and the pedicure. Okay. Yeah. So those would be the three things. Massage was like a rare, like not a rarity, but like if it was, I mean, I would go down to what? It wasn't the Russian bathhouse. It was another place downtown. And I would just sp- like sit in the spa, hot tub, like all day mm. if I could. Mm. That was like how I would just do it. But haircut, the reason I would do it is I would have seven minutes of uninterrupted sleep. The classic seven-minute haircut. <laughs> yeah. But you've removed that option as you've been rocking the the, the No, but I would still haircut. get a haircut. I would still mm-hmm. go to a barber just to get it. Do those things still bring you stress relief now? You don't have time to do any of these things. Don't get a massage. Don't get pedicures. And haircut, I've been trying to get. Do you find... I mean, I know the answer is no, because I also have taken family vacations. But, like, vacation is no longer a stress reliever whatsoever. Well, we're spo- here's the deal. We're supposed to go on vacation tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we had, this is, people need to know, this show happened so fast. Dinner time that, live, yeah. That we had booked a vacation. Uh, my kids have never seen snow. Mm-hmm. So we're going to a place where they can see snow. Maybe they can go skiing. Mm-hmm. There are two things I can't do. I can't go skiing. Nope. Can't happen. <laughs> Not allowing that. <laughs> no, can't happen. Yeah. As much as I haven't gone in like 10 years. I used to love going skiing and snowboarding. Love it. And being very dangerous at it. The faster and through the trees, the better. So scary. And there have been many times where I, I have done the dumbest things humanly possible. Because I, it's like weaving through cars in New York City on a bicycle. Oh Whenever doing a motorcycle. But like, I, I just, it's fucking dangerous. I'm safe, but like. We anyway. cannot allow you to get hurt right now. A lot riding on A this. lot riding on me, not breaking any bones. Yes, please. And I know that if I go on the kitty chairlift, I'm be like, ah, we should go up. Maybe one more. The high, let's go up. And I just know, since I haven't gone a while, it would be wildly irresponsible for me to do it. But thankfully, that I don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a choice because I'm going to go to this ski vacation, which my wife has planned a year ago. Oh my God. I'll be there for 72 hours. Oh, I'm, my God. I'll, I'll be back Sunday. I'm, I'm excited for you I to... hope I don't get snowed in. <sighs> I, I would will, legitimately have you to will drive back. Dig your ass out of there and get back to, to LA. I would have to drive back. I'd have to find a way to get back. I'm excited and nervous for you guys to experience the hell that is taking children to the snow. It's one of the least fun things a human can engage in. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing can hurt me now. <laughs> Nothing can hurt me now. The I'm 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 headed back in 72 hours to ensure that I'm back and prepare for Tuesday. Because this has taken over my life. Right? Yeah. And before this show, Thursday Night Football took over my life. Straight took over my life. I know. I know. And before that, dining out. Man, it's just a, a series of things taking oh, over. Oh, boo-hoo. Anyway, I'd like to say stress relief would be easier. But um, smoking marijuana helps. Yeah. Just like deadening your brain to the world is mm. super helpful. You know, de- you, you, you enrich it mm-hmm. for you. Pretty dead for me. For you. <laughs> Pretty dead. Anyway, uh, let's take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. You know, we got an Ask Dave. What do we got here? It's time for an Ask Dave, where we answer our listeners' most burning questions on air. For a chance to be featured, you can email us at askdave at majordomomedia.com or join the Discord channel by going to majordomo.tv and tagging you know in the DCS Pod Talk channel. Did he? Has he been taking voice uh, lessons or something? Uh, from Phoenix University? <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ, guys. My God. Public speaker wow. announcements. Wow. Man. Uh, he, is, he is a graduate of the USC School of Annenberg. Oh, uh, that's for... Those there it is. <laughs> Those extracurriculars are coming in handy. You sound like a real Trojan over Yeah, you're right. He couldn't have gotten Amber. It's too hard to get it. <laughs> what? He audited, he audited a public, <laughs> public speaking course. You study philosophy? And English literature, yeah. So uh, that, those Did are you minor in English lit? No, I majored in English lit. You yeah. double majored? <laughs> yeah. 
Please. Nobody in the history of we the world. We got fucking David Foster you, Wallace you set, over here. You set him up so good. Like, Did you minor in English lit? Meaning he had to brag. No, I majored in English lit. <laughs> Not a brag. Not a brag. Not a brag. Not a brag. All right, guys, here it is. Hey, Dave and Chris. One of the things I appreciated about Dinner Time Live was that you tried to source all of your ingredients from the local grocery stores, which I thought was thoughtful for those of us who are being more resourceful with our spending. I want to take this a step further and ask about any hacks you might have for us at Home Cooks to stretch ingredients out over the course of a week. What are some underrated ingredients we should be buying and methods we should be using to stretch out our dollar without compromising too much on taste? Love the show, and I'm a Dinner Time Live fan for life. Lynn S., Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, Lynn. My brain is very tired. <laughs> Appreciate you watching the show. We are going to, we have a lot to improve on. We're going to get there. And we have, we say, if, if the last episode, which is episode six, the last one, if it's the same, we have failed. I hope there's more. Yeah. But if we don't have more episodes, that's on you, Lynn. <laughs> you didn't tell enough people. You didn't tell enough people. So shame on you. You clearly <laughs> didn't love it enough, Lynn. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So don't tell me you love it. <laughs> show me. Show me. <laughs> you love it. Yeah. I need to see it. Thank you for watching the show. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Name of that even. I don't know how to. I thought what I just did was pretty cool. Pretty I, good. I mean, yeah. you. you started... I just judo moved something that was never meant to be judo <laughs> you, moved. You reached out to shake someone's hand. Lynn. And as they were shaking, you were like, you whispered to them, I'm killing you yeah. right now. Lynn. <laughs> You just throw out love like it's a simple platitude. Not in my world. You 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 have to walk the walk. Love is effort. Yeah. Love is so effort. So we get canceled. It's you all us. your fault, Lynn. Why did you do this to us <laughs> and our families? Anyway, easy question is this. By whole cuts. Mm-hmm. Right. I also say Costco is amazing. Right? It really is. It is so much cheaper than your local supermarket. And if you do coupons too, like they start to really add up. If you f- use your freezer. Definitely have to use your freezer, but it's all these little things. It's prepping, it's breaking it down. So I got an example, like you could go to Costco and buy Chuck, Chuck short ribs Mm. or even tri-tip. And I would say the tri-tip prime is cheaper and better than the Chuck because I think Chuck sucks in general. It's the whole plate that you want. Even with a family of four, I've got, you know, I'm not going to cook them all. If I have, I'm hosting, sure, I'll cook them all. But the reality is I need like pound and a half tops. So I just have to be methodical in how I organize it and freeze it. So I think people don't use the freezer enough. If you do, Lynn, it's great. But I think the best thing to do is just, we talk about the any day and I'm not just doing a shameless plug. It's like, I use it for my freezer organization all the time. I use bags all the time and I just label it. So I know exactly what's in my freezer. So buying in bulk clearly is the best. Sometimes I do like buying chicken thighs because I don't want to deal with fucking breaking something down. But the reality is a whole chicken, we demonstrated on the first episode of Dining Out, or not Dining Out, oh my God, Dinner Time Live. You can get three meals out of one chicken. Mm -hmm. With a family of four, if it's organic, it's probably going to run you $18 to $20. It's a non-organic chicken, three to five pounds, going to be like $12 to $15 with some rice, some pasta, egg noodles, some vegetables. On the highest end of $25 all in, you can feed your family of four and have leftover. Mm-hmm. You just have to do the planning. And yep. you have to, you know, it's like, that's why I like making soups because I can stretch it out a lot more than just having a roasted chicken. I love roasted chicken. I love fried chicken, but there's not much you can do with it. It really, you know, paints you in a corner. I think another thing to stretch out is legumes and beans. Not a surprise. Yeah, what I like about I like about the sort of buying big cuts and breaking it down into multiple meals. Like, first of all, you don't have to have three straight chicken meals. Like to your point, if you roast a chicken, then you make stock. You can just freeze the stock. That's like another meal a week or two or a month. <laughs> like if that's now. how you cook beans or chickpeas. Exactly, in, right? It can be something completely different. You know, my my mistake at home is like I also cook in huge portions. And if you buy like a whole, like to your point, if you buy a big ass thing of, of meat from Costco, rather than cooking it all into one too large portion of noodles or pasta or whatever, and then just nobody wants to eat the leftovers that like you said, it's about like planning and, and, and attacking it, right? Like I need a pound and a half to feed my family for the next two days. And then I have another pound and a half doing something else. So like waste is the enemy of all of this. And when we're shopping for the studio, cause we try to, I mean, dinner time live has completely taken over the grocery shopping, but generally at the studio, whether at the studio or at the house, we are shopping entirely things on sale and that's dictating what we can do. 
It's because we're really trying to. There's probably only be one episode that's not going to be relatable whatsoever, but we want this to be really useful for people, right? We're not buying anything fancy or crazy, except for one episode <laughs> that we have mine. Yeah, so we 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 try to do it like we would normally do it yeah. in, in our in our real lives. But soups and stews, all you have to do is look at the cuisine of countries that have been poor and impoverished and historically, you know, raped and pillaged, like Korea. Yeah, for pointers on yeah. how to make it out of Yuna's dying over there. I mean, you, this is, you know, is, the, is that not true? I mean, we have Simu Lu, so like, whatever. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys, man. I, I'm, I, was, I was not empowered. First not, ballot Hall of I Famer, I am not dude. the Chinese, I'm not the GM of, of Chinese people. I was not empowered to make this trade. I did not trade you Simu Lu. But, I mean, I just want to, to emphasize with dude, this question. He's, he is Gold House, man. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> he is fucking Goldhouse. What are you talking about? I, you just traded away your franchise player. It's insane. I don't have the authority to trade away Simulu. I'm just last thing I want to say on this thing though. Legitimately, I, I appreciate this because, like, legitimately, I know Dave is a is hates waste and hates and like legitimately looks for like the right deal on food. And so, like, I buy all the time at my Ralph's. I go to the little imperfect produce stand. I buy whatever 99 cent bag of shit there they have sitting there because like it's not it's we, we when he sees it. that imperfect bag or something Chris in his heart says I see you. It's just like <laughs> you and me. I'm sitting in a bag on a shelf metaphorically. <laughs> but going back to like Korean food, right? It's it's fermented things that have a lot of flavor that are shelf stable that literally are controlled rot. So you can have it, you know, on, on one end of the spectrum, you have all the jangs that are so salty that they're going to last for 30, 40, 50 years if you did it right. On the other hand, you have lesser things like pickles and kimchi that can last months on end. The whole cuisine is based about survival, literally, right? About how can we eat in the most difficult of times? And it is truly represented in that food. And I grew up with that way, right? So it's like, okay, you have a pot of rice. Any of the rice that's not eaten gets thrown into a stir fry the next day or kanji. Any of that rice that doesn't get cooked, you cook it even further. So you took it, turn it into nurangji. So then you're going to eat that with your puricha, your barley tea. So it's like, you're never throwing anything away, right? And I always try to teach that at restaurants because we're in the job of selling food, not throwing food away. Mm. And if you're throwing food away, you fucking suck. <laughs> I mean, it's just a fact. You fucking suck. I hate it. Yeah. It drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Driving you absolutely fucking insane. When I look into the trash bin and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? And going back to Korean food, it's it's about a lot of soups, a lot of stews, a lot of fermented foods. There's a lot of other cultures and cuisines out there. So if you are thinking about how do I stretch my budget a little bit more, I don't know what nationality or culture lens from. But even if you were, say, Korean, I would look into other countries around the world that have, quite frankly, a similar history to Korea. Mm -hmm. And you might find that there's all, many recipes and many culinary philosophies that are about stretching things out as far as possible. Yeah, I think basically the history of the entire world, maybe except for here, <laughs> is this. Yeah, and Europe, well, Eastern Europe, no, yeah. Western Europe. Yeah, they've had it okay. Oh, so hard. <laughs> we've, been, we've been number one so long that we take naps. In the middle of the fucking day. <laughs> the siesta. The siesta. All right. Take a break. We got a, a game. What do we got here? This is a new game. It's a new game, guys. But it's not really a new game. So, Dave and Chris, one of the cool things about Dinner Time Live is how you tailor a personal menu for your guests. We do? <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> We're going to play a little quick game. Menu building exercise for you and Chris. So, four courses, including a dessert. What would you cook? For Chris, Dave, and Chris, what would you cook for Dave? No, can we find someone else? Let's do Victoria. Yeah, I have oh. Victoria. I don't give a fucking shit about this guy. He doesn't give a shit about me. Why the <laughs> oh fuck my god, <laughs> horrible! Can we choose someone else? It's actually okay. not a good exercise for Dave to be like, "What am I going to cook? Like, what, what are we going to gain from that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. We're going to um, say the same thing. If it's Victoria, who's okay. a vegetarian, yeah, that's the best challenge. Who was surprised that she eats a lot of carbs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of the early ones to drop out of Master of Your Domain. One of the earliest ones, I would say. I mean, I don't know if you could be earlier. <laughs> I mean, did she last 24 hours? It was like December 31st, 11.59 p.m., and she was like, I'm out. I mean, Kelly at least was funny about it. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, she was so serious yeah, about know, Victoria it. Victoria was like in it. She was, I know. She was trying. I know. Kelly How hard did you really Kelly try? Kelly didn't try yeah. and was out. But that Victoria was cool. tried and was out at I the know. same time. So, uh, let's see here. I got a guest coming up on Dinner Time Live that I have to cook vegan. Mm-hmm. How many courses? Let's do three courses and a dessert. So, four total. I got to say, one of the things I've never been able to do properly, and Chris is telling me, tried to, do, to try to execute this, and it was very poor, extremely poorly done. And I think it's one of the coolest courses, but I still don't know how it was done because it was so effortless. And I was in Japan, and you're sitting down, and there was a pot of soy milk boiling away, and there's four of us. And it was a big pot, not that big, but it was big enough where a woman in a kimono would come, and then she would skim off the top, and then put the yuba. Mm. which is the the, the, the the tofu skin, the milk skin, the soy milk skin in front, put a little soy sauce and wasabi. Mm. And it was just one bite. And then she'd shuffle off and then come back. We had other things to eat while tidying us over. And she gave everyone this nice piece of yuba. Then she added the nigari and then she, uh, the, 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 the coagulant. And then magically, you know how soft tofu. Mm. Mm. And... It's a kind of dining experience that I, you know, I've seen in a lot of restaurants. The great, the late Honmoro Kantu at Moto used to have this fish box where you'd cut the fish in this box. You know, uh, Christopher Costell used to do this camembert course or similar to, it was probably like some triple cream, triple sure. cow girl creamery bullshit, right? One of those fucking Napa, San Francisco. Cow girl creamery, triple cream. Jeez, Whatever, yes. it's delicious, but come triple, on, not a triple cow I, I don't girl. need another fucking barrier person. Like, Have you tasted this? It's the best. It is to die for. The cows, ugh. Single udder. Their udders are so plump. Um, so plump. And he he like made a candle based around that. So as the can it was brilliant. As the candle melted through the dinner, right? It tempered the cheese. Mm-hmm. It's truly a genius. A genius dish. So they, they, they've they ha- this has been around for a long time. Some, very few, have executed it as well as, honestly, probably four or five people, mm. restaurants. There have been a whole host of other people that have tried to execute some knockoffs or copies, and it's done terribly. I think one of the OGs of it all has to be this version of how you would make yuba and tofu. And I don't know for the life of me how like I could execute that timing-wise, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure if I just focused on it, we'd unlock it. But to me, I would do that for Victoria. Mm -hmm. Not me. I would hire that woman (laughs) in the kimono. (laughs) Dave would shuffle out of the kimono (laughs) at the nigari. So like a fresh yuba, fresh tofu. So then then my second course would be uh, matutake rice, right? Mm -hmm. That's my favorite mushroom. What's the Korean name for matutake? Songi. Somi. Gotta say, Matsutake sounds cooler than Somi. <laughs> it does. Don't, don't fucking come at me, people. Somi doesn't sound as good. Matsutake does sound Songi, cool. Songi. Songi doesn't sound as good. Mm, Matsutake sounds awesome. Matsutake sounds like the Dodgers might sign it. Matsutake sounds... <laughs> they didn't? Matsutake is... Songi is also... Deli- I would also say Songi, truthfully, is more delicious than... The stuff you get in Japan is what I think. Okay. But Having had it, it's, it is the, the essence of the forest. The pine mushroom. It's so good. To be able to have that over rice, a lot of people might think it might be bland, but the smell of fresh, you know, pine mushrooms is just intoxicating, right? And I, I love it, especially with rice. So I would give that to her. Okay. Second course? Second rice? course. Okay. First course, tofu. Second course, matsutake rice. Well, I might give that to a third course. Right. The second course, I would, I would do maybe some vegetables. Yeah, I would do a whole slew of like like namul, mm. panchan. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, I've referenced this a lot in dinner time as well, and it was totally a flex. Eliza nailed it. I spent a week in a Buddhist monastery, <laughs> spending <laughs> cooking with nuns, and all we did was forage. Right. I mean, oh. the only thing they didn't forage was sea buckthorn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Because so, it would have been Noma. So, so tofu, an assortment of, of... Just all kinds of fresh shoots and things that are delicious. And what I love about that kind of panchan, 
when it's not your traditional set? Is there so much love that goes into making each kind of like young shoot, right? And I'm always like the early shoots of vegetables and mm-hmm. things. The only one I don't like is the fern. That's gross. The fern bracken. Ugh, so gross. I mean, I don't want to. It's terrible. Look at the fern and you might have a fern right now listening to this in your apartment. <laughs> Go eat that. Good luck. <laughs> you might have a fern. Do you want to eat that? No. Oh. So anyway, what I love about that is you might have like 18 to 24 different dishes and it's, you know, you, you win in numbers. And I think the visual element of that, you know, you just sort of paralyzed by the choice of it all. Mm -hmm. So I would do that as a second course and then lead into the the Matsutake rice. Mm. Then for the fourth course, I was thinking maybe I'd give her some meaty. Mm. Because I'm working with them to get a chef's block that is more, we'll see, if we can get it developed in time for the show. And that's just mycelium. Even though that's more mushroom, it's just the network and protein. And I might do something that would be grilled or fried or something like that. So in the event that that happens, I'd probably do that. But if I don't get that in a theoretical world, not that I wouldn't cook for Victoria. (laughs) I love Victoria. Right? I, I I know. I'm saying in this theoretical... So what I would do, and I'm not trying to start shit here. Yes. But I'd give her a big old steak. <laughs> I'm not trying. A big old steak. Uh-huh. That was from cell cultivated cells. I mean, uh, like cultivated cells oh, okay, from okay. an animal. So it's it's. I thought it was a straight troll. It's more of a moral quandary. Yes. Interesting. Yes. You're challenging both the mind and the palate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I, I'm not trying to be a total son of a bitch is that the la- like I think between one, two, and three, that's plenty of courses for savory. She's that full enough. She could, yes. Right? Right. Well, we're also talking about like 24 small banchan sure. plates. If I may, she has earned the $500,000 and now can go for the million. Which, which is I what I did. <laughs> <laughs> she, should, she should be perfectly happy with the 500000 Because uh, last time someone won that was like, <laughs> 14 years ago. <laughs> but does she go for the million? It, it can be, whatever. It's prepared deliciously. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Where are you going? Whatever. Anyway, I would, I would for Victoria, prepare a steak, and we won't go into the science of it all, but a steak that was produced in, let's just say, a way that was affordable, and no animal was harmed in this whatsoever. Okay. No suffering was involved in this whatsoever. I'm excited about this prospect because of the moral dilemma that it presents, something that we talked about in the Hulu show, Next Thing You Eat, because I think about it a lot. Like, what will it do? Clearly, vegetarian vegans will still be, I no doubt, abhor the idea of eating anything that's an uh, animal. But like, when you break it down, they're like, if I eat tofu, mm-hmm. I think, and you know, it's inanimate. You know, it's like nothing was taken. I, I just think I don't have an answer for that, but my brain starts to hurt when I think about the moral conundrum of what this is. And I think for most people, there isn't a conundrum. They probably won't eat it. I think that if you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you're presented with the option to eat, you know, the the part that you said is interesting, right? Because these are, let's say these are cells extracted from a living animal and no animal is killed to produce this thing. Because it's an easy moral quandary if if someone's like, well, did they have to kill an animal to get this to start out with? Fine. Then I'm not going to eat it. I I think you're right. I think people still... Well, again, for people... And again, I would. I wish that I had the the integrity to be a vegan or vegetarian because of the suffering involved. I think it's really hard to argue against it, but I'm too lazy of a person. I, I think that the quandary is the same as when you were saying the, at the beginning of the show, to tie it back to the beginning. If you've lived your entire life thinking Saturday and Sunday is a weekend, it's really hard to see it as anything else. So if I lived my whole life thinking meat is this thing, and somebody's telling me like, no, no, it's something else. It's really, 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 really hard to see it as something else. If, if for those that are avoiding meat because of the suffering involved, which I think is an extremely noble endeavor, what do you do when there's no suffering involved in the meat that is in front of you? It's literally zero. In fact, there's probably less suffering in that meat than the block of tofu. Mm-hmm. So it's a... Interesting dilemma. Uh, I, and, I, I, and I love Victoria, but I want, she is, her answer is going to determine the future of the human race. <laughs> Victoria, are you a, you're an, are you an ethical vegetarian 
or a health vegetarian? She's like, fuck you guys. She's so mad. She's shaking her head so aggressively right now. No, um, I'm ethical, but also I, uh, the living conditions that the animal is was in matters to me. It was taken, the cells were taken from a healthy animal. Healthy, happy animal. Yeah. What do you do? Do you eat the steak? No. Interesting. How come? Your answer is going to determine whether we get faster than light speed no. from aliens. <laughs> um, I still wouldn't eat the steak because I'm just against eating animal meat. The animal, like, this is hard oh, to be She's broken. See? I think this question has, I think this question has consequences like way beyond even just this meat thing. You think about, okay, so like uh, Apple Vision Pro's out, right? What if you can live experiences that are taboo or illegal in the real world and you can do them on this thing? Like, do you do them or do you not? Well, there was a, uh, uh, I think a British court case that's happening because some, like, 10 kids, like, violently hurt a girl in a meta world. That's what I'm like. It's, it's this. This is where the entire world science is hurtling toward this question you're asking right now. It's like, Which is do why you eat the meat? Aliens are waiting for Victoria's answer. Right. And I and think they she heard may, it and then they are going to another planet. I think we just saw, I think Aaron Rodgers just saw a UFO yeah. stop midair and then take back and off then and get out of here. Jimmy Kimmel just roasted him again. <laughs> um, you know, you're a philosophy major. <laughs> what and say a, you? And a full English lit major yeah. as well. Put in your DFW what, hat. What would Herman Hesse have to say about this? <laughs> What would, uh, uh, what's his name? Kutsi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Meat falls no, apart. No, two people in the world just got one. <laughs> what's Kutsi's first name? J.M. J.M. Kutsi, yes. He actually has one of the best quotes ever on being a vegetarian. I believe he, he does, does if you can look it. it up. Kutsi has a very, very powerful statement about why you should not eat meat. I know, because I wrote a paper on it in college. That means I must have read a book. <laughs> I can't remember anything about it. But, what do you say? What do you think? You know? No, because emulating it is is basically, you know, it's normalizing the fact that we eat meat, right? It's just, it's like you're kind of framing it into a way of but, meat necessity. But suffering is gone. Mm, but why, why like normalize the idea of like eating meat? Right? I think like, you're conflating two no, completely. You're, different. Saying, you're saying that it should, it should just, Completely transitioned to this meatlessness. Well, no, I think it's an interesting conversation because I'm not talking about any other group of people other than they're saying the the suffering of animals, the you know the ahimsa, right? The suffering is not is not possible for them to ever eat meat. If you remove that, right? And here's a, here's it's a an interesting thing. Like, what do you do? Here's a different version of this question. If this is an option in the world. Is there any reason to be vegetarian beyond health? If you can eat meat that harms no animals. Yeah, clearly there are going to be on both sides. I just, I, it's one of the, the reason I love this is not there's a right or wrong. Yes, there is. But <laughs> <laughs> I find it fascinating in the history of humanity that this is a conversation that has never actually been answered. So you can actually think about a subject that's never been thought about before. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. There's no precedent to think about. When Buddha and the Hindus and the Jains are writing all these fucking tomes about this shit, they weren't thinking like one day there would be no suffering. And the reason I say this is, you know, I, why I love the Dalai Lama so much is not because it was fucking cool. Is He said something that was like so fucking profound to me. Is He's like, if science proves that reincarnation is not possible. Well, that's a death blow to Buddhism, mm -hmm. but we'll learn to deal with it. I'm paraphrasing it. I was like, no one, no Christian minister would ever. Right. <laughs> right. No. You know, right. it was just like, I was like, wait a second. So like, to me, the reason I think about this, it's pretty like amazing that this is something that could be this sort of serious of an answer that it could actually logically at least destroy the notion of suffering on the planet if for meat consumption well it's it, the alien thing is real right because if aliens came here and they were just like 
We are here to prove to you the existence of extraterrestrial life and the absence of, of the God in the form that you believe. Are you willing to accept the reality that you now live in, that there is extraterrestrial life and we are here talking to you or not? And, and the reason why I think it's also so fucking interesting, and I am pro cultivated meats, right? Very pro. Uh, and I'm not saying this because I, I've been thinking about this a lot. A lot of these companies have come to me to work with them. I, I can't say more than that, but I've taken my sweet ass time on this because I've done a lot of thinking and research on this. I am pro this because we have to, as a country, as a world, embrace it, whether you like it or not. Humanity's not going to stop eating fucking meat. And it's not about the meat that is well-made or, you know, carbon neutral or carbon positive. It's about all the other shitty fucking commodity stuff, right? If you can eliminate that, I think it's hard to be against that. To me, it's like, all right, people are going to still eat meat. And if you can replace that, and the, what's what I think about is given time, 100 years from now, 50 years from now, you know, about a few months ago when I talked about going to wherever I was in Abu Dhabi, I was like, I saw one of the earliest fucking statues of all time. It was like 8,500 years old. 8,500 years from now, if we're still around, mm -hmm. right? We're 100% going to have cultivated meat from cells. There's no question in my mind. It will be so normalized that it's so normal that when a vegetarian eats pea protein, mm -hmm. that's what I think is going to be the case for most people. They're just like, I got one for you. I got one for you. Cultivated meat from human cells tastes delicious. No human was harmed. That's a good one. You eat it? It's a good one. People will eat it. I don't know. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing, but that's the same logic. Right? For, for a vegetarian, that's the same logic. Yeah. Well done, sir. A tough one, though. <laughs> well, well, listen, this is why we're doing it. I, I, know, I wouldn't think about that angle, but if I'm going to empathize to be someone like Victoria, right? That I, I didn't see it until I said that. I'm just like, oh, shit. I don't know if I can do at that. At first, that you can think of that as like, that's comedy as a joke. But no, it's that visceral, visceral, oh, uh, visceral reaction of like, that's gross. I don't want to do that. Is probably what exactly. exactly what she's experiencing. But I bet you it's delicious. <laughs> Especially that rump. <laughs> Man. <laughs> this went crazy places. You know what's interesting? I don't think anybody's ever thought of it that way in the history of mankind. <laughs> Nobody said it. Yeah. On a podcast. Man, that's a tough question. That's, you see? I think it's so fascinating. It's a tough one. All right. We got to take a break. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Remember, you can catch this week's episode of Chrissy and Dave Dine Out with number one draft pick, Simu Liu, God that is now Korean. <sighs> Greatest trade of all time. Better than the Herschel Walker trade. Gotta say. Can't believe that. I mean, basically, you just uh, traded away. I, we just traded away Rudy Gobert. God, what am I going to do? With, <laughs> what am I going to do with sign? I mean, what am I going to do with that guy? You, you, you just signed Rudy Gobert. <laughs> What was I thinking? China doesn't need cash. We don't need cash. <laughs> you need democracy, motherfucker. <laughs> and Regina Hall, this Wednesday on Freeform, or stream it the next day on Hulu. And tomorrow, the big event, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, our third episode of Dinner Time Live, exclusively on Netflix. Should we tell them who our guests are? Should we give them some hints? This comes out on Monday? Yeah, mm -hmm. we can do it. No, they're not going to know. It'll come out too early. Right? Come out the day before? Yeah, we can't. All right, we'll fine. just say they're comedians. Yes, they are comedians. They are comedians. Good luck <laughs> figuring that one out. Give us five stars. <laughs>